So last week was more of a family meeting than it was a message. But tonight, I'm coming for you guys. Tonight, we're getting back into the grind. And I believe that God really has something so important to speak to you guys. I'm a really passionate fan. I need your prayer tonight because my quarterback has mono. I've never heard of a quarterback getting mono before, but that would be my luck. And I'm a very passionate football fan. And I love the first week of the NFL. And I was so excited to get home and watch the Jets' first game. And I was on my couch, and I can get really into the game. Sometimes it gets a little scary, especially when they're doing bad. I've been known to throw pillows and just get, like, a little loud. Um, And this week, for the first game of the season, my daughter, Sienna, left her playroom, and she decided that she was going to sit with daddy. And so she came over to the couch and she looked at me and she said, Uppy. And she goes, Please. If you don't know what that means, this is sign language for please. Yes, my kids know sign language. Yes, they're probably smarter than you already. Um, and so she came up on the couch and she was sitting with me and she was so into it. I was surprised because normally the only thing we watch in my house is like Peppa Pig and like Shimmer and Shine. If you guys don't know about that, then you're missing out. But she was so into the game and I was such a proud dad. And then they started to lose. And I could tell I was getting a little animated. I was getting a little bit upset. And I look over at her and she's she's watching it. She's in it. And she just starts yelling at the TV with me. And she's going, that way, that way, that way, just over and over. And it wasn't the right way, but she cared, man. Like she, she saw what her dad was feeling and she let that emotion out. And she is definitely going to be a Jets fan just like me. And it was such an awesome time. And I love to be passionate about football. And I'm sure you guys are passionate about a lot of other things. But where is your passion for God tonight? If there was a gauge for your passion for God, would you say it's full tonight or it's running kind of empty? And it's really easy to lose our passion sometimes. Passion is easy to start, but hard to sustain right? You start something in the beginning and it is so easy to be passionate. Maybe in your relationship with God when you first came to Christ or you were on a retreat and it was just so powerful and then you got home and it was hard to keep that same passion because when you get home, those same temptations can hit. Those same struggles, that old way of living can come back. Maybe it's some old memories of bad choices that you have made in your past, and it can feel so difficult to still be passionate about God like you used to be. And maybe some of you guys just feel really far. You just feel dry. That's something that we love to talk about in church world. We just feel dry right now. Like every service you go to just feels like you can't get anything out of it. I can relate to that. And I want to help you guys get your passion back. And it's something that you have to work at. It's not just something that you can just step into and think it's always going to feel this way. Passion is something that you need to sustain. It's not just this thing that is a feeling. It's something that you need to keep working towards. Passion is reignited by purpose. Let me say that again. Passion is reignited by purpose. What's your purpose? I think that's something that so many Christians forget. And Jesus made it very clear. God's whole will for your life can be summed up 
in this. It's love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul, and love others. And he said, love others is real close to that first one because God cares so much about his people. And I want to share with you guys what I think is the key to keeping our passion for God. And the way that we do that is by living for other people instead of ourselves. Jesus said, if you really want to find your life, then you need to lose it. And that doesn't really make sense. But as we give away our life for God and others, then we find real purpose. Then we find real meaning in this life. And that's not always an easy thing to do. I'm sure some of you guys are like me. At one point in your life, you're like, all right, God, use me. Like, God, I'm ready. Like, I'll do whatever you want, God. Like, here I am, send me. I just want to be used by you. And then God says something like, why don't you go help them clean up after service and stack the chairs? What if God says, you know what? If you really want to be used, why don't you go get that vacuum? And you vacuum the back of the room after service. And we're looking at God like, God, my spiritual gift is not stacking chairs or vacuuming. Like, I want to be on stage. Like, I'm a singer, God. You don't understand what I can do, right? And we all have these huge visions of being on stage. But sometimes God wants us to start in small places. And then we say, God, use me. God, use me. And then we get used, and it's not the way we want to be used. And then we say, God, I feel used. Like, what happened? I'm tired. I'm, I'm burned out now, God. But you're the one that prayed to be used. See, it's not always the way that we want sometimes. Sometimes God wants us to start in small areas so we can sustain a passion for when he puts us up on the big stage or on the big platform or whatever God is calling you to do, that he knows that we're ready to step and walk in that calling. Because so many of us aren't ready yet. And God knows that. And he's protecting you by keeping you on the sidelines for a little bit. And when the time is right, he will let you step into that full calling. Guys, I can often tell how powerfully God is going to move in someone's life by the way they are willing to start in small places. Because God is preparing them for something so amazing. And when you are willing to do that, God will have an amazing future. So do not despise the small beginnings because God will work in it. Because if we were honest, a lot of us just aren't that excited about church. We go on a Sunday morning, we have to go with our family, and it just feels like another thing we have to do. We just get stuck in routine. Something I prayed today before service, is that God would remind our team why we do this. And the reason why we do this is because at one point, we were all broken. We were all lost, and we didn't have much hope. And Jesus came in the middle of our mess, and he saved us. And now we want to help other people experience that. And you know what else, guys? I don't ever want to take for granted who God is. And I think that's something we all do on a consistent basis. We all forget who he truly is. I want to experience more of God's power. And it starts with us being passionate, even when we don't fully see all the signs of it. You know what I mean? Sometimes it just takes us stepping out in faith and saying, God, I believe that you are God of the Bible. I believe that you still heal. I believe that you can bring great breakthrough in my life. 
And I don't see the signs of it yet, but I believe it, and I know it's coming. And I'm going to worship with passion on Sunday morning. I'm going to worship with passion on Friday night until the breakthrough comes. I'm going to be hanging on every word that the communicator preaches because I know it's your words, and I know it's life. And I know it can set me free from some things that are going on in my life. Because what if we had more expectation? Expectation and passion are very much connected. And we need to have more expectation. Because we're going to look at a really powerful portion of Scripture tonight. We're going to be in Mark chapter 2. And I pray that we learn a lot from it. This is what it says in verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Whenever Jesus would gather in moments like this, the people would just come in huge numbers because they heard that he could heal. And so many people are desperate for healing. And here's what I want you guys to know, is that is still the same God that you and I serve. Healing is available to you and I every single time we gather in a service like this. If we would have more expectation, if we would seek him more passionately, instead of just coming here for the wrong reasons, instead of coming here just to do something on a Friday night, if we really believed with passion God could do some really amazing things. And so nothing has changed. Jesus is in this place tonight, and they were hanging on every word that he had to say. And I wish that you and I would have more passion for the words that are said on this stage. Guys, I'm right there with you. I know what it's like to sit in these seats and just be like, all right, it's going to be another message. I'm going to take some notes. But what if we really opened up our hearts and said, God, could you speak to me tonight? Is there something that you want me to hear? See, these people were so desperate for Jesus that they packed out this house because they heard of what he could do. You and I all have people in our lives that need Jesus. And we need to care more about these people. We're gonna see what I'm talking about as we go to this next verse. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd. So there's these four men, and, and I'm guessing that they were probably friends. And one of their friends was paralyzed, and they heard that Jesus was in town. And they get to the place where he's preaching and talking, and they see the crowd outside. And I'm sure they are completely overwhelmed because they just want to bring their friend near Jesus. And they don't know if he's going to heal him or not, but they have faith. They have passion and they have expectation of what God could do if they can just get their friend close. But they're met with an obstacle. Because so often there are obstacles right before our breakthrough. And this is the point where you and I give up. As soon as things get a little bit difficult, they seem a little bit impossible, we give up. And we forget that God is always doing the things that feel impossible to men. 
I remember being on a missions trip, and there was this desk, and for some reason, our lead pastor, Doug, asked me to kick it and try and break it. And I was like, all right, I'll try and do it. And I am kicking this thing, guys, right? And it is not breaking at all. And Doug goes, hey, Lacey, why don't you come over here and kick this thing? My girl kicks this thing one time, and it splits in half. I was like, all right, where do I put in my man card? Like, I, I, I'm done. I'm retiring, right? She did it in one kick. Guys, it started to feel impossible, so I gave up. And someone else came by, and it was very possible. She was able to do it. What obstacles are in your way right now that are causing you to run from God? Well, what is it that you feel like you just can't get past? And because you can't get past this one thing, you feel like a relationship and a passion for God isn't real for you. I promise you that God can deal with whatever you are going through or facing if you truly bring it to him tonight and you don't give up. We have to keep pushing sometimes. It would have been really easy for these guys that carried this paralyzed man to just turn around and be like, all right, there's no way we're going to get to Jesus right now. Look at all these people in this house. You know what? Let's just turn back. Let's try and get Jesus another time. No, they really cared about their friend. Guys, what if we cared about the people in our lives that much? What if we didn't just give up when there was an obstacle in leading our friends and family to Jesus? I've been met with a lot of obstacles before when it comes to inviting people or sharing my faith. And the second it feels uncomfortable, the second it feels awkward, I walk away from the situation. But what if we didn't give up? I wonder what God could truly do. So let's go to this next verse now. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was laying on. I wonder what this must have been like for Jesus as he's teaching. And then all of a sudden he sees this hole in the roof and he sees this man being lowered through it. Because there was determination in these friends. They were going to do whatever it took to get their friend near Jesus. They were going to tear through the roof. They would have pushed everyone out of the way. Their friend was meeting Jesus that day because they had great faith and great expectation. And I know what you're thinking. Man, Joey, my friends don't really have that much in common with a paralyzed man. I'm not really... Sure, what you're talking about. But you know what? Our friends may not be paralyzed, but inside they're real broken. Inside, they have a whole bunch of depression going on in their heart or sadness or anxiety or some deep problems going on at home that maybe you just know a little bit about and they really need Jesus. And you could be the one that helps them if you were just willing to push a little bit, to get uncomfortable and just invite them. How silly is that? That we get uncomfortable about just inviting our friends. Guys, they were willing to do whatever it took. So let's look at this next verse now. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. The most amazing miracle happens first. 
Guys, opportunities are openings made by faith. They believed that God could do something amazing, and by faith, they made an opening. You could do the same exact thing in your life. And so Jesus says, because of this, this amazing faith of you and your friends, all of your sins are forgiven. And here's what I want you to know, is you don't have to save your friends. There's nothing that you have to do besides get them close to Jesus. So often we feel like all the pressure and the weight is on us. No, all God is asking you to do is just get them close, and he will do the rest. All they had to do was lower him down, and God did the impossible. You don't have to do the impossible. Sometimes we're overwhelmed by the weight of their problems, and we feel like there's no way that they could ever get past all of these issues as we look at our friends or our family members. But let Jesus do the heavy lifting. You are not the Savior. All you need to do is get him or her close to Jesus, and he will do the rest in them. So let's look at this next verse now. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? Guys, like I said before, the greatest miracle happened first. It's when all of his sins were forgiven and dealt with. Not that he could begin walking again. You and I don't think that God still does miracles. But on a consistent basis, people who are far from God and have sinful hearts, and have broken pasts, are getting hope consistently on a Friday night and a Sunday morning. And that is one of the most amazing miracles, is that the person that is far from Jesus can be healed from that old lifestyle and begin again. And that old life no longer has any power over them. That is the most amazing miracle that can ever take place. And so Jesus is explaining that to them. And these um, people that are here are upset about it because they're saying, who does he think he is that he can do this? They didn't yet fully know who God was. Because you and I need to put the Pharisee in us to death. As God starts to bring in new people here, there's going to be a part of us that wants to be judgmental. A part of us that wishes things felt like the way they used to felt. And that's the whole thing with the Pharisees. They didn't like how Jesus was turning everything upside down because that's exactly what he was doing. They were so used to their laws and their rules and they wanted things to stay the same. But Jesus knew that things had to change. And sometimes things are gonna get different, but that doesn't change what God wants to do here, even if it feels different or if it feels uncomfortable. We're still a family no matter what and God will be working here in some powerful ways. So don't let your heart become bitter as some broken people start to come and be excited that they are meeting Jesus. And maybe it might feel a little bit different, but I promise you it's so amazing. Watch the passion and the amazing things that God will do here as we come alongside this amazing vision. Verse 10, 
But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Because I would love for everyone that walks into the green room to have that same expression. I have never seen anything like this. This is a place where people really care about each other. This is a place where Jesus is moving and setting people free from chains that have been on their life for so long. So first, Jesus did the most important thing. He forgave the man of his sins, and then he brought the breakthrough. So often in our lives, we want God to do something, right? We need breakthrough in this one area, but God is more concerned about our hearts. He wants to get things right in here first. He wants us to stop going in that same sin pattern, and as we give that to him, and as he works on that first, he'll deal with the other circumstances in our life, but he's going to do what's most important first, because he loves you that much, and he cares about you that much, because that's what a really loving God would do, and this man is healed, and I just wonder what it would have been like if his friends gave up, walked away. All these people were amazed, because faith is so powerful. When you can believe even when you can't see, that moves God's heart. And if we would just have more faith and believe, God would do so many amazing things. It's time for faith and passion to rise up in our hearts for the people that we truly care about. And so last week, I talked about our family values and how one of them is always going to be that we should always be inviting. And this is not just for other people. Like, when I say that, your probably is like, oh, Joey just cares about numbers. He just wants this place to feel full. No, this is not just for others. As you do this and you become a part of this and you get that vision in your heart, your passion for God grows. Because your faith isn't just something you talk about anymore. Now it's something you're living. Now it's something you're walking in. And as you begin to walk in it, passion will grow in your heart like never before. If you are feeling stale, it is time for you to get up and stop just talking about faith and start moving in faith. And watch all the things that God will do. If you want to take that next step, then you need to get off the boat and you need to step on the water where it feels uncomfortable, where it feels difficult, but Jesus will meet you there and you'll walk on water with him. Start putting your faith into action and passion will grow in some deep ways. Can you guys, just for a second, imagine what your life was like before Jesus? I know a lot of you probably have grown up in church, but for those of you that don't, you probably remember what it was like. And maybe someone invited you, and that changed everything in your life. Maybe you weren't really connected anywhere, and someone invited you to this place, and everything changed in your life. I think about my first time coming to youth group and getting really connected. Four kids, but I had so much fun every Friday night, and I was experiencing God, and I loved every second of it. 
God was moving in my life. And I think now, and I wonder what it would be like if that invitation never came to me. I wonder what my life would be like. I wonder how broken I would be today if that person didn't invite me and care about me. And now I think about all my friends and maybe the invitation that I shouldn't have gave them that I never did. And I wonder if their lives would look a little bit different. I know that there's some people in your life that you care about. It's time to start being bold, guys. It's time to start caring and not being okay with the people we love going to hell. We gotta be like the guys in this story and push through whatever obstacle is in our way. And all we need to do is just get them close to Jesus. That's it. It's so much easier than what we think in our heads. And I think that's partially the enemy at work. He wants you to feel like it is this huge weight and that people are going to think you're weird and they're going to push you away. But that is just a lie to stop you from changing someone's life. Because he knows what God could do if you would just push through that. And so there are great moments that you can do this. I think that when you make a relationship with someone and they know that you care about them, that is a great way to do it. I'm not just saying you get up on your lunch table on Monday and say, everyone needs to come to church because people will probably think you are weird if you do that. But you make relationships, the people that you already care about, the people that you love, and you say, hey, you should come to youth group with me sometime. I think you would have a lot of fun. And then you pick them up or you talk to their parents about it and you make sure that they come and watch what God will do. You know, we've talked about being a family, and I'm going to ask you guys, at least everyone in this room, invite one person this week. Invite one person. And if you want to invite more, that's amazing too. But see it through. Don't just invite them. Say, hey, come on over to my house first. Let us figure this out. Maybe my parents will pick you up. Because that invitation, that promise that you're making to that person could change their life forever, forever. Do you get it? That maybe their life could be headed on a course to hell, but that invitation that you are giving them is changing their entire destiny. It's changing their entire eternity. And what happens here, that's up to God. You just need to get them in the door and let him do the rest. Let him plant some seeds that could change their eternity forever. So every single person in this room, that's your homework. I never give homework. But that's your homework for this week is to talk to one person, invite them, and see it through. Make sure they come this week and watch what God will do. Here's tonight's bottom line. Passion is reignited by purpose. If you want to feel on fire for God, if you want to be close to him again, then live in your purpose what God has called you to do. Because we need to have more expectation of what Jesus could do here on a consistent basis. Because I read all these stories in the Bible, and I don't want to just talk about it anymore. I want to live it again. I, I know that God wants to do amazing things. Some of you guys are carrying some really big hurts, some really big wounds, maybe that have happened in your past and you don't know what to do with it. Maybe you're facing some struggles right now and addictions that you feel like you could just never break, that you're never going to get past 
and you feel like your life will always just be this way. The same people that crowded around Jesus had heard that he was healing because there is not much difference between you right now and those people. If you will just walk into the room with Jesus and have an open heart, man, he would do some amazing, powerful things. And I want to see that here at the Green Hill. And that's why part of our core family values is always inviting because it helps you and I grow closer to Jesus and it saves our friends. I'm so excited to see what God is going to do if just even a couple of you will take this seriously. I really believe that God is calling to some of you right now to take a deeper step, to move further in your faith. And I know that not all of you might take this seriously, but I know that there's a couple of you in here right now that God is tugging on your heart. You want more. And I'm so excited because in every generation, God is looking for a couple people that will believe that he is who he really says he is. And we see people like this in the Bible who believed when everyone else ran away and everyone else didn't trust. And God did amazing things through young people just like you. And if you will take this seriously, God will do amazing things. More than you can think passion is reignited when we remember our purpose. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for everyone that is here tonight. And I pray for the people that want more, that want to live in that passion on a consistent basis. I pray that they would step out. I pray that they would go to your word, God, and they would find life, that it would be exciting to them that as they go back to school or they go back on the practice field or wherever it is that these people you are calling them to invite are. I pray that you would give them great boldness, Jesus. I pray that they wouldn't care what the cost is on the other side of that. Whether people might think they're weird or they would just feel like their friends wouldn't want that. I pray that they would ask anyway, Lord, and they would see someone's life changed forever. Thank you that you love broken people, Jesus. Thank you that you forgive sins, that you have wiped away every wrong thing that has ever been done, that it's already dealt with. It was nailed on the cross with you, and you now call us clean. You now call us forgiven. You now call us whole. Thank you that you have made us righteous through what your son has accomplished. I pray, Jesus that your healing power would be here, that your restoration would be here tonight, God. Even as we just sing out this next song, God, I pray that your love would just invade this place. And we're not looking for an emotion. We're not looking for a feeling. We're looking for real change tonight, God. And that's something that only you can bring. Thank you so much. I pray, God, that next week there would be so many new faces. God, you already, I pray that you would put faces on people's hearts even right now, even right now in this moment as some kids just reach out to you and they ask, God, who should be that person for me? God, let this family grow deeper. Let us grow more passionate. Let our expectation be greater every single week. I pray that we would always encounter the living God. If you have never placed your trust in Jesus before, I just want to give you an opportunity right now. 
And it is not the prayer that saves you. It is your faith in God that saves you. And if you just feel like God is tugging on your heart right now and you want to do that, you can just pray this prayer really quickly with me. Jesus, I want to know your healing. I believe that you died on the cross to take away my sins. And I believe that you rose again in victory. Would you be with me as I start this journey tonight? I want to follow you all the days of my life. Be with me. If you pray that prayer tonight for the very first time, for the very first time with no one looking around and every eye closed, tonight was your first time, could you just look at me real quick? love you. Pray all these things.